So welcome everybody joining. We're going to get somebody online in a minute. Here we go. Um, anyways. Oh, here we uh, go. Hey. I need to turn on my volume a bit, I suppose. Or, uh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Sure. <clears throat> All right. Um, I think my internet should sustain this. I hope okay. it does. I don't know it's... about the delay between us, but we'll see. Uh... I think uh, I'll just introduce ourselves a little bit. So I'm Johannes, and this is Sophia, and we are uh, we're going to have a little talk about um, well, waking up the normie, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, you know what I was what, what I wanted to ask you first is like uh, you've been on this app for about uh, two years or so. Yeah, like yeah. just over two years now, I think. Because I came on and, in like uh, some point in 22, yeah. All right, wait, I need to adjust my camera a bit. So, so I was wondering, like, since you started, like, how have you grown as a speaker, basically, as a communicator? You, you started out with a certain mission, and how's that going for you now? Um, well, when I started, I had absolutely no direction because I'd never, I'd done public speaking like at school and stuff. Like I was part of the debate clubs because I was a nerd, but I, yeah, but I didn't, um, when I came on here, I was talking about things that were like more easy on the ear. So things like touching on TV characters and what the TV characters you know, connote. But when I started talking about more controversial stuff like the trans issues, the race issues, the immigration issues, mm -hmm. um, I found a very big shift in my audience and my feedback, yeah. as you will have a lot of experience with too. Um, but initially when i start get started getting more hate than support it was like a moment of like i'm gonna hit this harder now instead of backing off it which didn't really work out because i kept getting banned um but now i yeah. feel like i'm at a place where i know how to be cryptic enough to remain on here and i feel good about talking now so no problems. Yeah. yeah, great. So I've had like similar experiences, of course, w once you start speaking your mind, even on this app, you get banned, you get reported. So I think half a year ago, I must have lost several accounts. So it was very hard, like a learning process to deal with the censorship. Like, how do you go through this? Right. Yeah. You know, just today, I, I went for a walk through a park and I was thinking about this question, like, how exactly do these people the, that we call the elites, the globalists, right? How do they control the world? And the answer is, it's just this. It's just the narratives, the narratives they feed us through the media. And so they have their people on the left, right? The people in the center, the people on the right, and they control those people so that everything that normal people hear at home when they watch the news and the radio and so on is a controlled message. It is filtered opinion that restricts what people are allowed to hear to what they want them to hear, right? And so what you and I are doing is we're using this basic app to break through that control mechanism. And that's why I think you're becoming a danger. 
Yeah. You get it, right? And so, like a few uh, a while ago, a, a Dutch TV host uh, presenter, Tim Hoffman, he uh, he actually attacked me. He mocked me on his Twitter. Uh, and so, so you have to pay attention to this. Like, I was wondering, have you had this kind of experience where high-profile people have come after you yet, or are you f afraid of this? I wouldn't say they were high profile. I wouldn't flatter them like that. It's more like um, TikTok people with millions of followers who throw their weight around because they think that their followers equate to power, which to me is always quite, yeah. um, what's the word? Kind of pitiful actually. And whenever I see that someone with like 4 million or 2 million followers has, has like like not long ago they've stitched me or something most of the time i don't bother watching because it's always they're like uh -huh, you did like that and this and that and they never actually say anything like tangible so it's it's never really worth it and their followers just come on and mass report me but i've never had any well <laughs> that i know of i've never had any like reporters or like official people coming for me so I'm sure it will happen eventually if I keep talking, but we'll yeah, well, so far so good though. Uh, they didn't, uh, they didn't go after you yet though. Uh, you know, um, so what are your experience then when you, when you do speak your mind, you reach a lot of people, you have a large audience, right? In my case, sometimes people will say to me like, did I really help them see things the other way? Like I opened their eyes. And yeah. do you feel that what we are doing, because we're talking about, you know, politically incorrect stuff, do you feel that it's being effective, that we are actually going to uh, wake enough people up to cause a sort of snowball effect? I think that the more people talk about it, the more obviously people hear about it. And I think the main issue with those controversial topics like um, the influx of illegal immigration throughout Europe, I think that's something that people aren't necessary, necessarily aware of um, because obviously, like you said, they're fed a certain narrative. And so when there aren't any official sources telling them at the real numbers and the real stats and the real crimes and whatnot, then it's really easy for them to go like, well, what's the problem? I mean, they're fleeing a war-torn country or they're fleeing a, you know, a country that's in political crisis because of you or something stupid. How, why don't you take them in? And then it's really easy for people to feel that way. And to, to an extent, you can't blame them when there's very few people that are pointing out the facts. So I think that like for example you and i talking about you obviously you're way more outspoken than i am um <laughs> i have been but it's not really worked <laughs> so i've yeah. gone back to being quite cryptic but i think the more we talk about it the more other leader type people will be inspired to start talking about it as well and even those who are I wouldn't say afraid, but are not willing to put their face online and speak in the way that we do. Um, at least they can talk to their friends and, you know, mm -hmm. explain those issues to their friends and families instead of like going along and just, you know, drifting without yeah. any, yeah, thoughts of their own, really. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, mass immigration, right? 
And you know, you know what's what's a bit strange about the Western world? That we are very wealthy, right, as a people. And they say, they always say we stole everything from Africa or wherever. But despite having all this wealth, we were never really able like to defend our culture. We were the ones overrun with mass immigration and diversity and so on. We are the ones who are forced to adapt or why exactly? Well, is it, it in part to maintain our, our status or our wealth? But what we're doing is with this diversity thing, we're trying to be everything to everybody. Right? So our culture is on sale. You have we want to cater to all the religions. We want to cater to all the uh, all the nationalities, all the cultures, all the food cultures. Right. We want all the restaurants of the world to be in our places. But at the same time, we've completely lost ourselves. We, we don't have an identity of our own anymore. And media act actively crack down on our own people who want to stand up for themselves. And, yeah. and so that's why I was wondering, like, what would what would be necessary for for us to start um, pushing back against this whole whole diversity, mass immigration stuff? So and that's why I came. Uh, I think, like, like we, uh, like I, uh, like I mentioned in, in the chats we had, uh, that perhaps religion is going to become more important for us. That we're going to switch away from this materialistic, you know, chasing luxury items lifestyle toward a more inward-looking spiritual life. But then, in the process, we 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 strengthen our social cohesion, so to speak. So we become we become a people again and standing up for each other again. What do you what are your thoughts around this? I think that religion, and when I say religion, I'm talking about our religion, the European religion, which is of course Christianity, that is paramount for us becoming a unified society once again. Because obviously, like I always look at it this way, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for christianity europe would never have become what it is if it wasn't for christianity and so when you have um you know like those naive young people and i can say that because i was one once but i uh, you know when when you have young people saying oh you know religion isn't necessary we can get things done better without religion it's oppressive it's oppressive some religions are oppressive the christian religion has allowed you to be able to stand on the street freely and say that so people no. don't take into consideration the fact that if they do live in europe in you know specifically in like central europe and southern europe then you are quite literally living on in a society which can only exist as a result of christianity so if the society can only exist because of that then how is that society gonna fail in the absence of christianity which is what we've seen where as you said like consumerist culture and having the latest this and that is like the top of people's priorities they don't there's nothing to fight for with that that just yeah. that only promotes individualism and people becoming more selfish and astrayed and ultimately like it will hit a breaking point and i think it's it has done in very recently or it will do very soon to the point where it there, there's going to be a division between the people who see this for what it is and the people who 
perhaps don't have the brain capacity to do so. But I don't want to say it like that because I feel like everyone <laughs> is able, you know. Uh, yeah. Once once they kind of rid themselves of like the years of propaganda that they've that they've swallowed, I think everyone is able of of seeing the truth. But I don't think a lot of people want to, and that's why I think at the moment we're we're heading into a disaster. And until people realise that they must love their country and they must be faithful to the religion that that got them there, then nothing's really gonna change. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah I think you're absolutely right. Um, uh, you mentioned this, uh, you know, individualism. Uh, I used to be a fan of Jordan Peterson's and he would then talk sometimes about uh, uh, that people should be uh, radical individuals fighting for their rational self-interest. But I always thought that was, <laughs> I see the look on your face, that's, that's indeed a very ugly thing to do. And that's not right. I always felt like what we should be aiming for is traditional culture, family life, things like that, like social cohesion, basically the opposite of what he was saying that we should do. Uh, yeah, so, so that's why it's a bit weird why, uh, that's why I thought like, if we would embrace religion rather than try to deconstruct it and try to atomize people into like individuals, uh, we would be able to, uh, you know, build something back, you know? Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. if you, if you don't have faith, then nothing really means much. I'm really sorry that my bird is. Oh, that's know, okay. He's just standing there screaming at me. Um, I can't even remember what I was saying. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, really? it doesn't matter. I, I, uh, I wanted to give you like my own interpretation of uh, Christianity or why I think it became uh, uh, such a popular thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, before Christianity, we had our many different paganisms, right? Mm. And I think especially in Northern Europe, it was so every winter, your crops die, they freeze to death, the fruits die, the plants die in the, in the freezing cold, right? And then you are forced to eat your animals. And when they're out, you run out of food. So this is why uh, uh, in the Netherlands, we have a carnival festival, which is basically to celebrate the start of a fasting period in February. It makes sense if you used to run out of food around that time and you have to make it to the springtime, right? So people were terrified of death. Um, and Christianity comes with a different angle here and says, no, you don't have to live in fear of death all the whole time, but you can overcome the fear of death. Yeah. Meaning you will then be able to uh, uh, look ahead into the future and, and plan ahead beyond. If you know that, you know, I'm going to survive the next 50 years or so, I'll be fine. I don't have to worry about the winter coming each year. Yeah. Then you can, that is a foundation for a much more interesting society. You can do long-term planning. And I think that is exactly what we started doing in Europe. Um, in terms of building our civilization, they're building our societies and so on, right? Mm -hmm. And well, I think maybe um, what are your thoughts in general on uh, like what Christianity can do for us now? If we if people would pick up on this again and stop listening to the to the nonsense they're being fed by the mainstream media, right? Uh, I think that if more young people come to God and accept religion and accept the Christian religion into their life, you'll find that all these mental health tropes will soon, soon die out 
<clears throat> and that industry will collapse on itself because really <clears throat> in the absence of god right you're living alone but you know i always hear this thing of like oh we live alone we die alone and that's such a like dumb mentality to live by because it's not true it's only true if you tell yourself it's true and still then it isn't because even if you don't believe in god he, he's not going to abandon you right so i think when when people have faith and w from this point on if i say faith i'm re referring to christianity <laughs> um, when people have faith they have something to live for they have something to fight for and so naturally they do appreciate the land that they were born onto or the land which they belong to you know even whatever but people appreciate their culture and their history a lot more when they realize the value of it and the fact that every single person um in their lineage you know minus the really really ancient ones but for hundreds of years every person in in their in their family tree believed in the same thing as they did then that gives people that gives you a certain strength that you can't acquire from being a lone wolf you know someone who goes oh I got I don't need God I I've done everything for myself oh where was God when my brother got hit by a car or something you know those type of people are people that are never going to be a happy but more importantly progressive members of society and that's why people can't live in um what's the word like it, they can't live in community people aren't communal anymore you don't know your neighbor anymore because people are so cold and they're so bitter and it's because of the absence of god in their lives and so of course naturally when there is an invasion into their country they don't look at it as an invasion because they don't look at it as if it's their country because to them they're individuals that just happen to be born on this hunk of land and it doesn't mean anything you could have been born in i don't know india or something it wouldn't mean anything we're all the same but it's just not true and um when people find when once people start to find their faith in god again i think that is the only thing really that will dramatically change people's mindsets from well being I don't you know. I don't want to be derogatory, but from being somewhat dumb to yeah. actually having a real purpose in life that that you can come together and unite with your neighbour, even if you, you you know you know the score. That's that's what I think about about people coming back to Christianity and what it could do. I think it's the only thing that that can really unite us at this point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um... Christianity is the only thing that ever united Europeans. And so that it will perhaps be the thing we must return to. I was just thinking about, um, I never heard of these things before, the active clubs. There's a so-called active club network that is drawing in young men, uh, like right-wing right -wing men. Uh, it's supposed to be some kind of pro-white outfit. You have like active club Sweden, active club Amsterdam, active club, whatever. It's like the Patriot Front. I don't know if you've heard of this in the USA. And my thought was like, this is, this is fake. This is like controlled opposition stuff. And wouldn't it be better if those young men would just go back to church and start there rather than in, uh, in some kind of, uh, you know, CIA, uh, front outfit? 
well those those type of people are people who want to label themselves so they're not true patriots they're not true lovers of their race religion ancestry whatever history they are fakes they want to be part of something but they don't want to be part of the far left so what are they going to do they're going to go to the other extreme which of course is the far right and if there's some dumb elaborate club set up that goes oh you know we are this and you know come join us and we'll do these cool meetings where we'll drink beer then of course like young guys are gonna go they're gonna fall for that because why wouldn't they you know so i think things like that they're, they're more harmful than they are good for anyone and ultimately they're just creating more backbone spineless people men who could otherwise have done something substantial for their country for their people you know if if all those those guys who went to those stupid clubs actually came together and as you said like went to church or something they would find a bond within each other that could unite them over something genuine as opposed to going to a club just to be kind of part of a of a movement which isn't really a movement because they don't do anything no these movements eventually probably serve to send them to war for globalism uh when perhaps we need those men here to defend our own communities our own society our own farms and so to speak you know um i was just thinking a lot of what we get like have you noticed this transition right in the past you used to have priests people used to go to church on sunday and they listen to the priest nowadays they listen to celebrities pop stars uh journalists and so on and you see that um our whole culture has become entirely commercial everything is for profit everything is done for profit Right. And how how on earth would we, through our own speaking on this kind of app, be able to get this message across that people need to let go of that 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 luxury? Uh, you know, they show you the vacation for brochure with uh, beautiful people at the beach in, a, in an expensive hotel and so on. People need to let go of that because that is, in the end, an expression of the globalism itself. If you want to, like have your own culture again, you're going to have to perhaps give up those those kinds of holidays and return to your roots in your own country and, and learn to work on, uh, you know, things that really matter in your own community. Um, so I, I wonder, do you consider yourself like far right or far left? Or how do you consider yourself uh, politically? It's a strange question, right? <laughs> oh, well, if you read my comments, everyone's got a an yeah. opinion on that so yeah. i can't even speak for myself half the time <laughs> but um i i uh, i would definitely say that i'm certainly not far left and i'm certainly not in the middle my views when it comes to um certain topics like immigration um homosexuality, marriage, uh, divorce, things like that, those, those basic principles, um, a lot of people would consider that my views on that to be very far right. But ultimately, I have, I have my own take on things, which even a lot of the far right leaders or speakers that I've listened to, they don't, 
they don't have the same kind of views as I do. So I do refrain from saying I'm far right, but if I had to put myself somewhere, then that's ultimately most likely where I'd fall because I really don't agree with any left leftist ideologies whatsoever. Yeah, I think uh, I think what what unites us is a sort of intolerance of things that are just not right. Yeah. And I, I mentioned um, uh, integrating one's shadow. So the the idea is that we in the Western world have become what's that? Is that your naked cat? <laughs> Sorry. <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no problem. I was like, I, I was wondering. Um, uh, we need to become more intolerant, intolerant of the things that don't tolerate us either. Um, like someone yesterday asked me, they were from uh, Indonesia, and they, they asked me if I, oh, you also don't like Indonesian people. And I, 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 went, I said to them, well, excuse me, do you even like us? Because, you know, white people, we have to love everybody and like everybody all the time, treat everybody equally, but nobody gives us the same respect. So we need to become more intolerant of this rather than to uh, be, be this, this type of people pleasers always trying to make everybody feel welcome and inclusive and included and so on and make everybody we have to make them equal right it's not like they're making themselves equal to us we have to give it to them and yeah. so that is that is in fact evidence of the fact that that we're not equal yeah yeah that is something i always find really 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 funny and ironic is that you know, they go, oh, you don't treat us equally. Well, why should it matter how I treat you? Or, you know, when I say me, I, I refer to as a whole, right, of what I represent, whatever that might be. But when they go, oh, you know, you don't treat us equally. Okay, but if you felt equal and if you felt that where you were from was equal to where I'm from or, or so on or so on, then why would it matter how I treat you? If you genuinely feel as though you are my equal, then I should be able to treat you however I want to, and you should still feel as though we're on par with each other, right? But that never seems to be, you know, and they go, oh, white people are so fragile. And it's like, um, no. I think it might be the other way around. And I, I don't say this, you know, that everyone's the same, but through my experience through talking online and even in, like in real life situations i found that you know people like to play the victim blame the white people and then it, you you get to this stalemate where it's like you either apologize for being white which means what exactly because most of these people go white isn't a race so you either yeah. have to apologize for whatever the fuck they want you to apologize for or you have to go, well, actually, fuck you. And then you're racist. So it's like. Yeah, you're, yeah, to, they say basically, basically, if you're, if you're a man, they will tell you, like, if you love your nation, you're racist. If you don't love your nation, you're selfish. And I thought, well, that's a good setup to make men absolutely psychopathic because they can never do anything right anymore. Yeah. So uh, maybe this relates also to the fact that it's mostly liberal white women who really hate their own people. But no one else does that. No one else hates their own people. No. So, <laughs> yeah, but they, they run the media outfits. They are the ones 
cracking down on our I feel it mostly, you know, speaking for myself, I experience what the media do mostly as a psychological attack on people, like a constant attack that you can't escape from and you can never do it right. Yeah. Um, you know, you've spoke you've spoken at length about uh, finding a purpose in life. Like, do you think uh, like maybe you can tell something about that? Like how uh, how would you recommend people in our kind of movement to find that sense of purpose again? to start pushing back against us. Well, religion would be one reason or one way to do it, but maybe you have some suggestions or some ideas about this. I think that it all needs to start from religion. I don't think that there's, when I, when I started doing it, the, you know, when I started talking about this, it, it happened organically. I didn't have necessarily a, a plot or it, it as I saw things was as I spoke about it, but I found that I'd get carried away and I'd slip up, not slip up because I've never said anything wrong, but I'd, I'd say things perhaps not as tactfully as I could have done. And it, and it made me come across as quite pompous and at sometimes, um, not stupid, but just loud, you know, and, that's that's definitely not what I am. So I had to, I I found it really hard not to get carried away, especially replying to hate comments and and I I lost touch of really what why I was even making those videos. Why was I even talking about it? Was it just to argue with people? Because that's not I don't enjoy doing that. Like I don't sit there on my phone like yes another argument. You know I actually really dislike it. So it wasn't until I had my epiphany where I came back to God, where I realized that actually the direction I was taking my account and the direction that my videos were headed weren't actually going to do any good for anyone. And it was only going to ignite the wrong kind of people to go, oh, yeah, you know, white power or something dumb like that, yeah. which is obviously not at all what I was trying to convey. Um, but that was the type of people I was attracting. So obviously I took a really big break from here um, after I got banned because I was just like, oh, whatever. But now that I've come back to it, I have such a, I have so much clarity and I can say, you know, to people as someone who was very, very led astray by media, by um, false narratives, that the only way you're going to find clarity and in turn be able to find your purpose is you do, is if you do return to God and everything will start from there. Because, of course, we're all good at different things. We're all put here to serve different purposes. But ultimately, whatever purpose we serve, it all leads us back to the same point, which is to serve God and to, to do right morally, which means we're going to do right by our people by just by association it you know if that makes sense so finding yeah. your purpose is something really um really individual for everyone but what's comforting about it is that we can all start from the same place which is by of course accepting god yeah that, yeah that's very inspirational uh, yeah of course over uh since the time I've been following you, yeah, I noticed this transition uh, in your videos, yeah. Um, 
I think that's it. People need to just get, uh, you know, become more spiritual, right? So I, I have my notes here, to, so I'm cheating a little bit to figure out uh, what to talk about. Uh, so, you know, when we talk about waking up the normies, which I think is, you know, the biggest task ahead, and through the videos that we make, we, we get through to them. For example, say I make a certain video, and then they watch a video of yours about a similar kind of topic. When they see uh, a deviating opinion twice, it becomes reality to them, right? Because now they hear the media talking, and they say, hey, that's not what Giannis and Sophia were saying. So the, maybe, maybe the media are lying, right? And so um, it becomes a matter of, you know, they used to say like, oh, we don't need to wake up any more sheep. We just need to find the other lions. But when the other lions have found each other, you got to wake up the sheep again or turn them into lions, make them strong again. Uh, and a lot of what I talk about in my videos is also about finding internal validations. And some people get this wrong. They think that internal validation means other people are no longer allowed to insult you. Like you mentioned that you have to deal with the, with the arguments and the insults on, uh, on your videos. But of course, the idea is that you find so much validation in what you do in your speaking that that is what drives you forward. Right. That's the, you find the fuel within yourself, like the, that spiritual connection you mentioned to, to keep on speaking, not because you think it will have an immediate effect or not because you think people are going to like you, because I've had a lot of a lot of attacks uh, on my comments. I, I lost like several accounts. This very account, I lost it three times. I got it back through the appeal system. So it's a miracle that I'm still here in this sense. I was also ready to give up. But, yeah. you know, I think it is precisely this type, you know, the personality you have, you work through something and then you go on again. It shows people that there is another truth out there that cannot be denied in the sense, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. When you're persistent, despite the berating you get, despite, you know, the influx of raging people, you know, people see that, they do see it, whether they like, even if they disagree with you, they see it. And at some point, whether they want to admit it or not, they will start to question, you know, why is this person so stubborn? Why, despite all of this grief they're getting, do they continue to preach or talk about the same things? And I think, I mean, I don't know if you've had the same experience, but I ha I've had a lot of, because I remember people's usernames quite well when they comment often, you know, so I can recognize kind of uh, who's commenting and what, you know, what kind of attitude they have. Um, and I've had really plenty of people who start off with the hate comments and you're this, you're that, you're ignorant, you're blah, 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 blah. And over time, they become supporters and they'll message wow. me like, do you know what? I'm so sorry. I was so wrong about you. Uh, you know, the things you were saying and this, this and this, but actually you've opened my eyes. And I've had, I've had a lot of people like that and people like that are what keeps me going more than the people who immediately support me because it shows that even if someone was pissed off enough to post multiple hate comments that they can still come around and and become part of it whatever it is part yeah. part of the you know the idea yeah you know um 
uh, I was I was reading something about effeminacy. This is a bit of a switch to another topic, but yeah. you know what the definition of it is? It's actually weakness in the face of adversity. So when you are dealing with problems in the world and you give up too easily, right? So that's effeminacy. And so part of Christianity, I think, is also to teach men how to be men again. I was wondering if you have any, uh, you know, thoughts around this topic, like in the way that feminism is like harming us, might we heal that 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 poison that they're that they're feeding us, uh, you know, by yeah, rebuilding spirituality for men, so to speak. <laughs> Do you have something to say about this? Or? I've got a lot to say on this. I think this is, this is one of my, my most, to, one of the topics I find most frustrating because it's the most obvious one. It's the simplest thing is that people abide by what they are. You're a man, be a man. Be a fucking man. If you're a woman, be a woman. Have children. Love your husband. Learn how to cook. That's that's the that's what you are. That's what you are. And it doesn't matter. You know, I was thinking earlier about like the reason as well. We have such a a lonely society, and just we just live in a bad society at the moment, right? Is because you see on the media people that this mentality of like women can do anything and you know you should chase your career you don't need to have a family to be a real woman you don't need to have children to be a real woman you don't need to do any of that you know chase your career put your career first you don't need to have a family but actually that creates a, a load of women who aren't really women anymore right because in essence a woman is someone who is a mother even if it's not to her own children because I know some women can't have kids. That doesn't stop them from being a mother, from being a motherly figure, from being someone who nurtures, right? But you can't be that when you're chasing some corporate job because you've been told online that that's what makes you an it girl or a cool girl or a whatever the hell they call them now, I don't know. And so that also makes men dislike women because all the women are so all the women, a lot of the women, yeah, whatever, 50-50, whatever. But a lot of the women are just selfish bitches. And that is the <laughs> truth. Like, it, I, I hate to say it because like, I, I, but it's true. There is no other way of putting it. We're, there are a lot of women in our Western society who are extremely selfish. They will put themselves first before anything else, thinking that, that's what makes them strong but actually they're ignoring their real strength which is the fact that they are the ones who create they are the ones who build families and nurture future generations but you know and and in turn that makes men more hostile towards women because they can't find a good woman they can't find a woman who actually wants to take care of them and so they don't want to work that hard because what are they working for so they can go home and sit by themselves and drink 10 packs of beer every night like and that's that's the reality for so many for so many men because there aren't women who are willing to settle down and have that basic nuclear family dynamic, which is really that is what is missing. And that is why men aren't men anymore. And that is 
that, that that's that's why there's no push there's no push for the men to be masculine there's there's no reason for them to prove themselves because most women hate men anyway now that's the trend is to hate men so why would why would they give a fuck yeah no, that's a very very excellent insight very excellent conclusion yeah so you're a real true advocate of like the return to tradition movement and you would you agree to that or yeah yeah of course i think that's that's the only way that we're gonna return to some kind of normal prosperous society because at the moment we're not living in that we're living in a complete hellscape when it comes to moral decency and and anything to yeah. do with that yeah it's a complete uh, deconstruction of well christianity of the christian morality so to speak uh where they i noticed that these globalists they do the opposite of everything that is good for people if you can think of anything that is truly healthy to people they will promote the opposite and you wonder why they do it it's a way for them to stay rich or so i don't even i don't i don't even really understand how they reason but it's very very obvious that the the overclass like the upper class they see the common people normal people as the enemy that they they are at war with the normal people you know, I've heard stories that they said that even during the Second World War, the generals of both sides knew more about each other's plans than either of the peoples did. So you see that that the the upper classes, they work together to destroy the people. And one way to do that is to demoralize us, to give us the LGBT and to give us transhumanism. I think that's what they're pushing next. Transhumanism is going to be, I don't know what they're going to do. Like human animal hybrids or something really really twisted like that um so a part of this re return to tradition would be a, a restore the sanity we need to make people physically and mentally healthy and strong again yeah. right and i think you've also spoken a bit about this so, uh, how would you suggest that uh, uh you know through our speaking or other other activities that we can do to to really promote this message to make people healthy and strong again it starts off with the mentality you when you are you know when even when i was a kid right i'm only 24 but even when i was little people hated having labels it was like you know if the teacher said like oh you're this you're that we'd be like oh no we're not we're you know whatever and now people are obsessed with labels it's like they need labels in order to feel alive <laughs> in order to feel like a a valid person they have to be labeled as something whether that's oh i'm a far-right extremist oh i'm a left-wing extremist oh i'm trans i'm gay i'm an ally of the lgbt or i don't know whatever everyone wants to label themselves as something and i think that that is something that we need to come away from you need people are very happy to to put themselves in a box now Whereas before, people didn't want to be put in a box. They fought to stay outside the box. And now it's because, of course, it's it's comforting to be in a in a nice you know box, more like a cell with the other people who've jumped in there too willingly. You know, they think they've got they've got it all figured out because like, oh, they're part of a community where we've all got the same label. So it must be safe for us to share our weird fuck ups and whatever but actually all of these odd communities all they're doing is creating like cesspits for people who are hmm, 
how to word this one they're creating cesspits for people who could have otherwise been good people you know be valuable members of society but people it's really easy to fall into degeneracy right because it's easier to be a liar than it is to be an honest person and so when you can fall back on your label like oh don't you can't say that to me because i have adhd oh you can't do that because i'm autistic and you can't do that then it's like it gives you this safety net where you can behave however you want and it means that you can also stay in the same place so people never progress people never get better and then there's the whole thing of like um oh we're all the same we're all equal no one's better than anyone else but actually they are of course they are people are there are some people that are better than me there are some people that are way worse than me and that's that's literally just <laughs> like reality if nothing means anything then why do we do anything if if your actions don't make you. you better than the man next to you what you know what's the point in in anything so for for people to to come outside of having these mental illnesses and and living as though they are trapped in their mental illnesses they have to go like actually do i want to live in this box forever and perhaps they need to look at who put that box in front of them and maybe why and i think after people start realizing that they aren't a label they're a person and they are very much in control of their actions then there would there will be a big change but it's really hard for people to come to terms with the fact that they are the only ones that hold themselves back yeah yeah the way you say it is it sounds like people put themselves in a box and then they're stuck in it rather than to use the box as sort of foundation to explore the world they, they just give themselves an excuse not to have to explore the world so you know i think we've been speaking for almost 50 minutes 45 minutes or so so i wonder like if we if you look at the future all these developments coming at us there the lgbt diversity you know if i would give you first my vision of the future what i think might happen or what i think is likely to happen in europe is um, the whole system, the economic system, the global uh, supply system is just going to collapse. That means the cities will become unlivable, the big cities. But those are the places where you have most of the diversity. So you're going to have massive clan wars there. People are going to um, fall apart into like rivaling gangs fighting for fighting for what's left. And then there's, then there's us, like the natives of uh, Western Europe, for example. We still populate the countryside and the suburbs and so on. We have an opportunity perhaps to pull out of the big cities and to cut loose from the urban system. Now, this is a bit of a, like a negative view of the future where I think things are going to crash down due to all sorts of reasons that this mix up, this diversity mashup is not um, feasible. It doesn't have a life in it. No. You know, it's, it's too messed up. So maybe we can kind of like round off the, this whole this session. Because I don't know if you want to go on for much longer, but I would like to hear your your view of like the vision of the future or, or of Europe or what you think it is likely to happen or how do you think this will unfold? I see it happening the same way as you do, pretty much word for word. It's already happening. Look at Paris. Look at London. I would not. Yeah. I won't go to London anymore. Never. You couldn't. <laughs> 
to go to no it's true i was in london last time a year ago yeah and no not a year ago just less than a year ago hello and um i i would never go back there again i didn't feel safe even in central london i didn't feel safe and if for example in milan i went two years ago there were armed army guards on central station with their huge guns out like just literally right there and i'd never seen that before ever you know and i hadn't been there that that long uh I, there wasn't such a big gap between the last time I went, you know, and the, the dramatic change that I saw. There were tons, and I mean tons, of non-Italian people just outside Central Station. Drugs, you can see them doing drugs, dealing drugs. They were They were in rough shape. They were fighting each other and stuff. And quite frankly, I'm not going to go back to Milan again. No. Uh, Paris? No. You wouldn't catch me dead in Paris, no way. Don't the um, fire. Yeah, it's there. There is no. I mean, apart from when I went to Poland, Poland was the only country I saw where the capital city looked like a capital city. It was beautiful, clean, uh, Polish, <laughs> and uh, you know, proud. Everyone was proud. But other than that, I, I think that will eventually change, unless, unless, of course. Okay there is some kind of civil war in the rest of Europe, which pushes those countries like Poland and Hungary to to maintain their strong stance. Um, but it, if I feel like if something really dramatic doesn't happen, then more and more countries are going to start looking like my country, like yeah. your country is eventually going to, well, it already kind of is pretty. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, at least... Uh... At least we agree on this point. I think it will come crumbling down, and it is our our uh, purpose now to go back to our religious roots, yeah. embrace that, and you know, uh, you bring back you know re- the revival of the West, basically. Um, uh, maybe we can wrap it off here. And I was wondering um, if you want to do more interviews. I, I know somebody who might be interested to talk to you. I could uh, send you a message later. Um, do you think in the future you're going to be more in this kind of talk circuit or what are you going to, what are your plans for the future? Um, just take as it comes. I quite enjoyed this. I haven't, uh, obviously I've never done one before. So yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Wasn't as, wasn't as, um, scary as I thought it was going to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. I've done two interviews before with other people where they interviewed me. The first time didn't go so well because um, I didn't know what to, to talk about. Basically, they uh, came up with questions and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the second time went pretty well. I did an interview with Daniel Natal of the Daniel Natal show. He's like a really, really knowledgeable little man, like a little Yoda. But but he I think you would want to talk to him, but maybe you could decide for yourself and then um, Maybe we can do this again sometime, you know, if there's if there's a need for it. But I think this was really great. I really like talking to you because yeah. you're like you're a very intelligent person who has really seen, you know, the depth of it all. And I hope you keep uh, communicating that and translating your thoughts into words so that people will uh, wake up because that's what we're going to do. We're going to wake up the normies. That's the goal. That is the goal. No, I appreciate that. And um the feeling is mutual so yeah i'd be very happy to do one of these again as and when 
Um, but yeah. All right. Although, uh, I'll wave you goodbye and uh, have a nice evening. And you, take care. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>